The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously functified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. Well, Dane's kind of sneaking my Easter eggs on there. <laughs> it's that time. We're back on the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay. Back here in the Brewing Network studios in downtown Concord. Scott's in the house. Bevo's still up. Hey, Scott. Call back to the last show. <laughs> That's how I'm going to say hello from now on. Yes! Yes! Nintendo 64. It's a Christmas video classic. <laughs> it's a Christmas yeah. miracle. <laughs> awesome stuff. Um, also in the studio, Dwayne and Shelby Cronkey. Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah. I'm lucky because that's uh, one of the owners of the, the the owner of the L.A. Rams. I'm a football fan. Yeah. That's his last name as well. We know a lot of Kroenke yep. owners of really big things. Yeah. The, really? Uh, Avalanche. No kidding. Really? I should know that as yep. a hockey fan. Really? Stan- Stanley Kroenke. No kidding. That yeah. must be the same guy. Yeah. Stan Kroenke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and he's like a super billionaire. Yeah. King Supers? The grocery store chain. No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Scott will get on it yeah, if you're ready. Right. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm, I'm at the a couple, unless they sold it. But anyway. Maybe they are just in sports. I might Booty be wrong. Boot. I think he's doing real estate stuff, too. That's he, where he made the... Yeah. I hard think, to make a billion in I sports. I think he owns but. at least three sports teams. I could, mm. could be wrong. Oh, did he marry into it? Cronky's wife, Ann Walton Cronky, is the daughter of Walmart co-founder James oh, Walton. Yeah. So, mm. Kron- mm. Oh, I didn't so know okay. that. He might have married into it. Maybe that's what you're thinking, Shelby, that's, the yeah, Walmart. Yeah. We, I guess we do that, don't we? What do we do? Marry into good stuff. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> job, babe. <laughs> them them Cronkies know what they're doing. <laughs> well, We're then. smart in other ways. <laughs> well, welcome to both of you, and thank, thank you. you for sharing your wares. We've been out of, having a great time, and I, I fear that we will not have enough time to ask all of our questions, but that's okay. We can have you guys back sometime, and... I'm yeah. sure you'll have more kombucha. So. Yeah, yeah. Will. <laughs> they won't be too hard to to run down because uh, Shelby is one of our bartenders. Is here at the uh, Earmuffs Jay at the Hot Grenade. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dwayne uh, is. Uh, what are you living with her? You shacked up? Is that it? I moved in. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky dog, you. <laughs> I'm squatting. <laughs> So if you want to join in on the conversation about kombucha, you can call us, 888-401-BEER. Don't join us in the chat because it's not live right now. Neither is watching at thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. But you can email us, scott at thebrewingnetwork.com, jay at thebrewingnetwork.com. Ask your questions on the show sometimes when we are have our stuff together. Listen live, Brewing Network app, search BN Mobile, wherever you search for that kind of thing. Yeah, that's where we are live when on the uh, off yeah. chance that we are not on the, the video as we are not tonight because poor Bevo is out with the flu. Uh, no. You can always find us live and streaming all the time, uh, you know, an assortment of shows mm-hmm. uh, on the app. Yeah, just keep it on in one room in your house all the time, yeah. and then, then you're a real part of the BN Army. Preferably your dungeon or cellar, if you have yes. one. <laughs> yeah. 
Some people use the same room for both, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're interchangeable terms. You know, real estate's tight in the Bay Area, so you <laughs> can't have a dungeon and a cellar <laughs> well, all the good, time. Good cover, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's an in law <laughs> This is my dungeon rental. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else? Subscribe to this show and leave feedback on iTunes or wherever you do that kind of thing. And are we good on uh, reviews? Or We are. Uh, you know, I've noticed um, lots of people have rated the show without leaving a review. Yes. Like they'll just go on there and they'll, they'll click, you know, however many stars, uh, which is great. Thank you. So rating and reviewing, it all helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all helps us climb the charts. So even if you don't want to leave a, a, a review, go on and uh, click however many stars you think the show is worthy of, and that helps too. Or, Unless you're or do don't be star. so goddamn lazy and or, leave, or just leave write a, a review. Freaking review. Yeah. Would you and then we'll read it on the air. give us an emoji <laughs> or something. <laughs> a little poop emoji. Yeah. Whatever comes to mind. Yeah, we'll just name a song, and then we'll play it, and then that's it. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Is there an emoji with where the the little circle face has his mouth stitched shut? Because I feel like that yeah, would be the an zipper. appropriate one. Oh, is there a there zipper is. one? The zipper yeah. Okay, mouth. that would work too. Maybe that with a poop emoji. There's one with the hand over the mouth too. Yeah, is there? Okay, I'm there you go. Sure. That's a good one too. I have a song request. Yeah, yeah. Ba- baby got back. <laughs> As a rejoiner? <laughs> yeah, wow, Shelby, you're right. Dwayne does love butts. <laughs> next time we next time we uh, we drop the uh, the social media tag. We'll just start playing that song. Oh, for I won't sure. I'll say it now. Yeah, not now. It's called Tease, and we're professionals. Right. But um, <laughs> as I make Scott do uh, two things at once, we also have a beer open. Uh, another yes. one, because as we're going segment to segment, we're opening beer from uh, all of you kind people who send us in really just kind of an overwhelming amount of beer. And uh, this is one from... Not right down the street, but a little bit farther away. Yeah, around the corner, down the block. In Sydney, Australia, this is from Paul. Paul's at Doolittle Brewing out there in Sydney. He dropped off a couple beers. Thanks, Paul. I don't know if he sent them or it's unclear. They ended up at the Rare Barrel somehow. The one we have in our glass, he says, uh, a nice letter here from Paul. He says, these are two of my first long barrel-aged sours. First one being a Belgian triple. That's what's in our glass. Raz Dazzler, giving Booty Boots a run for their naming money. He said it's primary <laughs> fermented with W. You, you, you dropped... You dropped the name. Oh, I sure did. It's just so sick. Now read the rest of it to the song. Okay. It's so brown. It's just so... As I become the producer of the show. It's just so booty booch. She's just so... Wow! I like... Uh, he says, uh, this is uh, primary fermented with WL500. And he says, then it's aged for a year in a barrel with raspberries and rosalere and with a few various bottled dregs. So uh, this is, uh, man, does that mean this is Paul's first sour? Jeez. Is, is that right? First, these are my first two long barrel aged sours. This is his first attempt at, at a... It's either a, the first or the second. Yeah, either apparently. one. Impressive stuff. That's very well done. It's very, very good beer. Wow. I'm telling you. This is for you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for dropping those off, man. <laughs> no chorus, huh? Okay. On that note. Chorus? Is there a chorus on this song? Of course there is, yeah. Baby got, uh, but it's, just a, it's a record scratching. That's the chorus. Baby no, got back. Yeah. R- 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 that's the, I don't think you can count that as a chorus. Okay. This is the chorus. Yeah. That's those are the lyrics to the chorus. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm a purist. Sir makes a lot purist. <laughs> well, Already off the Can you name yeah. another song by him? Oh yeah. As a purist, I would figure you would know his whole discography. Oh yeah. It's uh Mambo number five. <laughs> <laughs> right? No. 
Not him? Okay. Okay. Off the rails already. All right. Sorry. Sorry. What are we doing? Uh, I want to start, before we dive in, by thanking a great sponsor, Neshaminy Creek Brewing. Three times, three time, Billy, jeez. <laughs> caffeine got you already. It's the caffeine. That's what it is. <laughs> Definitely what it is. <laughs> three times, Philly Beer Scene Magazine Brewer of the Year. I, I also still have this crazy thing in my... Does it have a headset? Yeah. Oh yeah, I can it hear like it from it's here. Frying bacon. Take it, take it out of there, man. Get, get, get another headset in the, in the other thing. There. Well, the oh, right here. I did the, the different headset. You have a phone call. You want to take a phone call can live? I plug into there. What? Let's see if this is just a uh, telemarketer or what. Bring network. Bring. Hey. Hi. Scott. Yeah. It's Kim Wood. Hey, Kim. What's going on? <laughs> I have a kombucha question. Oh my God! Excellent. The, hey, Kim. The legendary oh. Kim Wood. I'm so glad that you guys are doing this show tonight. It actually um, uh, inspired me to bottle up a batch that I had going. Oh, nice. really nice. What, what, so kind of, what kind of batch? Uh, well, I just I did a bunch of different flavors and some different bottles. So just playing around, you know. Awesome. I did like uh, sour cherry lemon and lemon mm-hmm. ginger and just all sorts of crazy stuff. But What um, is the butt-themed name of your kombucha brewery? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Um, something having to do with uh, Andy Wood's digestive problems. I don't know. <laughs> You're going the other way with it. <laughs> okay. So I have a question for you. Shoot. Um, I usually just make gallon batches, and I've been thinking, I have one of those, um, what is it, like the Vinotech uh, conicals or whatever, like the plastic ones, the five-gallon ones. And I've been thinking about um, making kombucha in that, but I don't know what size... Like what would I need for a scoby? Uh, you know, I can't just can, can I I can't just put my scobies from my one gallon batch into there and make a five gallon batch. Can yeah, I? Can. What would I need? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely can. It'll grow and continue to grow as you put it in bigger batches. As long as you put some of uh, you don't. Do you have any old kombu? This is your first batch. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Come do you, on. Do you have some? Do you have some uh, pre-made or you have some uh, kombucha lying around that's yeah. not flavored? Yeah. So just put that in with yeah, it with your it, scoby, and it'll it should yeah. be just fine. Put about thirty ounces or so in there. Okay, and just do the the same quantities, and then it'll just like scale up, and mm-hmm. scoby yeah. will grow up, and I'm good to go. Yeah. 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 And, and make we'll make sure the temperature is right before you put like it's low before you put anything with your yeah the, yeah. Hey, Kim, same as usual. Yes. Hey Kim, have you been using your previous batches uh, pitching into your new batches? Yeah, cool. you have been. Good. Yeah. Okay. Then, yeah. Okay. Cool. Sounds like yeah. you're all set. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, how, yeah. well, wait. How come? How come you thought you couldn't do that? Well, I thought I needed like a bigger scoby to do a five gallon batch. No, no they're both shaking their head. They'll grow. They'll grow with oh. your batches as you grow your batches. So. Well, see, you've just made by night. I, mean, I, know, what I know what I'm doing tonight. All right, yeah. great. Cool. I got to go buy 20 pounds of sugar or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey Kim, uh, will you bring some of your kombucha to Spring Brews Festival? Heck yeah! Are you kidding me? Cool. Uh, I've never uh, had. How many bottles do you want? I don't know. Just keep it light. 24, 30. 30. <laughs> yeah. You got to one up uh, us. Somehow. I mean, I've had your beer. I've just I've never had your uh, your your kombucha. Which, by the way, Spring Brews Fest is uh, going to be Saturday, March 31. So you can come meet uh, Kim Wood and uh, maybe Jay Goodwin. Rear barrel coming? 
Are we going to have a kombucha yes, booth? Yes, we're there. I'll bring my kombucha. Yeah, you we, bring your, you, well, we're yeah. kombucha booth. We'll I bring mean, our kombucha and we'll trade. Plenty of supply. Yeah, yeah. we have to figure cool. something like that out because uh, there's a, a kombucha is the new beer, really, is what I'm gathering nice. from this show. We can have a uh, like a kombucha, a SCOBY um, frisbee tournament. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Thanks, guys. I'll see you guys there. Thanks for calling, Kim. <laughs> Fantastic. Of course, the kombucha show is the one that gets our first phone call in like six <laughs> know, months. Totally. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there was a lot of like people. That, it, it must just be for lack of information, which is why we were so heavy on the phone calls for the first few months of this show. There wasn't a lot of information, and now mm-hmm. we've already disseminated all We've the answered all the questions. Yeah, and now everyone has any we're questions. We're just coasting now. That's right. It's kombucha. You know, it's a whole <laughs> it's new a thing new for topic. us. Yeah. And I want to say that Kim's question was brought to you by SourBeerBlog.com, the longest-running sponsor of the Sour Hour, and now they're opening a Sour and Farmhouse-focused brewery in central Pennsylvania. Please help them get started. Join their Founders Club, which includes eight exclusive bottles of club-only aged and blended sour beer, early access to all their public bottle releases, hooded sweatshirt with a pair of tasting glasses, club growler, and the metal challenge coin, not to mention the discounts and much more. To learn more and join the Founders Club, check out Mellow Mink Brewing at MellowMink.com. Indeed, and uh, that question from Kim and uh, this question from the last show that we teased out uh, is brought to you by Dr. Lambic. That was Tim Nelson's question, Tim from Boise, who was asking about uh, using adjuncts in kombucha. He just wants a general discussion on that. So these... Booty Boots kombuchas have tons of adjuncts. I see sarsaparilla. We talked lemongrass and a million peppermint, other things. Peppermint, hibiscus, rose hips in the last show. And yep. now in front of us, I think we have sarsaparilla and then a hibiscus. Yep. Yep. So tell us, what's your general approach to, you know, when you have your base kombucha, what things do you add maybe when you're brewing? What things do you add in the fermentation? What matches with what teas? That's like probably six questions in one, but how do you guys approach all this? Well, a lot of it is just experimentation. We've come to find that with kombucha, you can't really add anything at the hot stages. Flavor kind of has to come second, and even some flavors need to come in the bottling point of the whole process. I like to do it all before I put it in the bottle or keg, just because it makes it easier and clean. I think in the past we have done it in the bottle and keg. It just it just gets messy. That's the only reason why. Otherwise, you can leave it in there. Well, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I like to put it in another another jar and then do a second. Just usually two days is what I'll do, and then I'll bottle it. Or you get to transfer off of any ingredient going into your final package. Is that what you're saying? Like, you, so you don't do something going into the bottle? Yes. Yeah. So I'll filter. And fil- and the whole filtering process is probably the longest part of, of all this. And I'm, I'm trying to trying new filters. Mm-hmm. I've been using big towels. They're kind of like cheese cloths. But a, like a muslin bag. Or like a bag. dish towel kind yeah. of sort yeah, of. Yeah, exactly. But they just get clogged up and, I, you know, it takes too long. So I'm, I, I bought some kitchen splatter, like fine mesh things i'm I'm gonna try those next and see but yeah most everything is done after fermentation everything is done after yeah otherwise we always add our flavors after okay so and then you know i know we had the um the chamomile and lemongrass and no tea no tea kombucha so what about the what you know brewers would commonly call adjuncts so like you know whatever you do beyond the tea what about like adjunct 
only, I'll call kombuchas. How many of those have you done? Is it just the chamomile lemongrass? Is that a newer thing, or those, have you done another one? We just did those, what, last month? Yeah. Yeah, so those are new to us. Um, like I said, we've... We did the coffee. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've done the coffee, yeah. But it works um, better when you do it with the black tea. It's caffeinated anyway. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, we always, like I said, stick to black tea, white tea, and green tea. But with people coming to us with concerns of sensitivity to caffeine, that's when we moved on to the fruit blends and the herbal side of things. So, But the, the lemongrass and chamomile, was there was no tea. It was just lemongrass with chamomile flowers. Mm-hmm. And it turned out really good. It uh, helped me through my, my cold last, <laughs> last month. The, the last one we did was very experimental. I just had an idea of how, like, why I did it wrong. Ding. We did a, a black tea uh, stout kombucha. The taste is is a little weird. Uh, molasses as well, and mm-hmm. so I did all that. We haven't gotten to this one yet. Yeah, I did all that in the cook. Mm-hmm. You just poured a finished stout into it? Uh, no, I, I I bought stout grains, so uh, like a chocolate. Uh, it was okay. a chocolate malt and gotcha. something else. It's like a mini mash. Yeah. In in the future, what I'll do is uh, do a black tea. Oh, this is gonna, uh, this will be my next project. Black tea, and then I might even ferment it, and then cold. Just do the, a bunch of grains, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe even add a little bit of molasses. But I, I don't even need. I don't even need that. I only put the molasses in there because uh, I thought it would complement it. That was all before. The, the fermentation. I think that's where I made the mistake, and it didn't it didn't ferment very well anyway. There's a lot of different options there. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. A lot of unique ingredients you can use and and use them very well. I, I re- actually really enjoyed the uh, the chamomile lemongrass. Like you know, no tea. I, I could drink a lot of that for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chucking a pint before bed, kind of thing. <laughs> totally. <for sure>. Yeah. <laughs> um, probiotic. Dwayne, you mentioned this before. One thing I'd love to open uh, that, you know, you talked about the malt as your next project. It'd be great to try also the uh, the Simcoe, the dry hop kombucha that you guys brought. We just opened it. I just, I just sensed <laughs> that. <laughs> but uh, are we, are we, should we take our first break? We, we can do one more and then one we'll more? take a break. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, well, that's pouring out. Maybe I'll just get some other things done by saying other BN shows are okay, like Brewstrong, yeah. Dr. Homebrew. Yeah. yeah. Bring us down. Eh. The session. Eh. Mm. So you said Justin's in Europe? Yeah. 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 So is JP back hosting the session? I believe so. So I'll check back in in a month or so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So gotcha. It's, it's a finely tuned machine here at the Brewing Network, oh, yeah. as, as everyone has well known for a long time. So this kombucha is... It's, oh, my gosh. It's, uh, Smell that. It's a little hazier, too. It smells like Is it just from hops or... Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. The, okay. And that is the dreg. It'll settle out, but I like it with the dregs in there. Oh. Yep. That's now, good. now you're. I love, yeah. well, I love. I love Simcoe. Any Simcoe haters, you know. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> so see, you can't swear. Would you? Would, <laughs> would you say Simcoe has changed a little bit? Is and it's less uh, bad. The the reason oh, it got oh, the it, bad every rep every year. It changes year over year. Yeah. yeah I suppose it's a, just a. It's a plant. I guess it changes every year. So we, at the Rare Barrel, we have um, Awfully Big Adventure, Simcoe, Amarillo, Dry Hop, Golden Sour, and sh- shameless plug. Um, <laughs> really what motivated us to do the Simcoe portion of that is our friends over at Cellar Maker Brewing Company in San Francisco were telling us how good this year's Simcoe was. Mm. And 
I kind of love all Simcoe's. Okay. Um, Even from back in, you know, 2008 when it was really getting that cat piss, you know, mm-hmm. bad rap. Yeah, having never owned a cat, I kind of just liked it. I didn't, you know, <laughs> okay. not knowing what it was. Right. Maybe I, you know, always needed a cat in my life. I can be a cat lady one day. And just live in with Simcoe. I'll grow Simcoe hops and be a cat lady. You're, you're well on your way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is yeah the first uh, the first smell of this is just great. It smells like beer. It smells Simcoe. like a dry hop beer. Yeah. 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 So you know we talked about where the you know quote unquote adjuncts. I don't know what you I don't know what how you guys refer to them. Just secondary ingredients or whatever stuff. they are stuff to add. Stuff. We add stuff. Stuff that's not tea. Did I mention I like butts? <laughs> <laughs> How do you treat the hops? I put them in the kombucha. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, I don't. Yeah, there's there's no <laughs> there's no uh, there's no heat involved. It's just uh, uh, I I prefer to do the whole leaf uh, oh, okay. because the the pellets get so. Well, the filtering process, which I was yeah. talking about, would just get slimy and it ends up being a mess. And yeah. It, it doesn't taste as, as bright and vibrant as if using a mm-hmm. whole hop. So yeah. we've even been the, using whole hops for when we put them in. Yeah. Even though you're not adding the heat, it's still... I leave it in there for two days. So it's... Oh, wow. Okay. I'm getting a lot of flavor in there, I feel like. Have you tried it longer than that? I've maybe done four days. Okay. But, but nothing nothing longer than that. Does it just get, like, too uh, sort of acrid or something? What, why is two days the target? I don't know. I, I feel like two days is enough to absorb an, all that I want. I think I've done even less. I think I've done a day, but well, and honestly, our hopped batches are the ones that get the most carbonated. Yeah. They just fly out mm. of the bottle. So like, maybe there's mm. some sugar, or, or uh, there's something getting getting pulled out of there that's that's making that sugar react to it. Sure. Do you ever see you know you use some teas that have oil in them, and then you see the mold on the scoby? Do you find you can reuse the hopped scoby, or is that kind of like a last in the line? Well, the deal. hops and the scoby don't ever meet. Yeah, this it's all after, after we've taken the scoby oh, out. Oh, oh, okay. So it's so a true dry hopping now. So yeah. yeah. So I'll take take the scoby out, and I'll filter it too. Yeah. And then, well, maybe I don't. I just take the scobies out, put the, the hops in. Oh, mm-hmm. when you put the yeah, yeah, you don't filter those right. out. And then whatever whatever of the floaties from the scoby are left in there is what is creating that extra effervescence. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that helping, reacting with the hops. Yeah. Yeah, but even before... I I don't know. I think it's whatever's getting pulled from those uh, hop. Because we've put hops in the bottle before that has already been filtered out. And those, like I said, are the most carbonated batches Hmm. that we've had. Something's getting pulled out of the... The hops that's acting like sugar, that's acting like sugar, and then the interesting yeast is, yeah. So it's it's creating extra carbonation, and that's and it's happening pretty much every batch. Yeah. Does that so. intuit to you, Jay? Like, like, in, does that make sense to you? What, what what do you envision is happening there? Sure. I mean, our, our dry hop uh, sour beers, I wouldn't say they're like carbonation is better, but they have better like head retention, the foam mm. formation yeah. kind of it gets brought up. So, and sometimes in acidic things whether they're slightly acidic or a little bit more, you know, you have, like, a lot of carbonation, but not a lot of head formation, head retention. Think about champagne. Mm-hmm. Right. Voosh. Disappears. right back down. But yep. then you take a sip, it's still sure. highly carbonated. Yep. Just yeah. because it's all gone, you know, sometimes the the lack of uh, foam on the top of a, a beverage can imply that, oh, damn, this is flat. But sometimes when you see a lot of foam... 
you know, think about pouring a beer way too aggressively into a glass, right? Mm-hmm. That's not over carbonated. Now it's now it's under carbonated. Right. So some of the material that come from hops can can come out into the beer and create nucleation sites and drive the carbonation that would normally kind of stay in the liquid kind of to the top and bring a lot of aromatics out, but then yeah, maybe become less carbonated. Yeah, so it kind of sort of like agitates it out of solution or something? Sure. Yeah, I yeah. got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. It is interesting. Definitely. Yeah. That's a really good one. I like that a lot. Um, we got good. another one in front of us, uh, but I want to, we'll keep that for right after our first break. You guys are still good on time? Yeah, hanging yeah out we're with good. Oh, great. We're yeah. Excellent. Cool. We'll be right back on the Kombucha Hour. Marin Brewing Company in Northern California has been making award-winning beers for more than 25 freaking years. Today, I want to tell you about their new 12-ounce cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale. The good stuff, Mount Tam is bright gold. 5.5% ABV to keep you feeling good and has been winning awards since 1989. If you're visiting the Bay Area, get your butt out to Marin Brewing Company. They pour tasty beers and serve great food every day until midnight. Come in for a tour. Stay for the food and pick up a six-pack of cans of Mount Tam Pale Ale to enjoy at home, camping, biking, or whatever the hell you do. Owner Brendan Moylan has this to say about Marin Brewing beers. It's freaking awesome. Marin Brewing has won more than 100 gold medals in international competitions. Check out MarinBrewing.com for all their award-winning beers, food, and merch. Marin Brewing Company in Larkspur, California. Award-winning taste, refreshing finish. It's freaking awesome. Hey, this is Jeremy from Brewery Teru. You're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. All right, we are back on the Sour Hour. The what? The Sour Hour. The what? The Kombucha Hour? Yeah, oh. now I know what show we're on. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking kombucha with uh, Shelby and Dwayne, who are kind enough to join us in studio with many, many, many many bottles of kombucha. Hey, uh, what do you get when you cross uh, Dwayne and Shelby with an octopus? Mm-hmm. What, Scott? I don't know, but it sure can pour kombucha faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Right, get, get Thank you, everybody! <laughs> Thank you! That's Scott's uh, 2017 entry in the Dad Joke Hall of Fame. <laughs> now you know why you get the emoji with the zippered mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't agree with me, Shelby. <laughs> You asked for it. Something everyone can agree on is our great sponsor yes. who brings you this show. Oregon Fruit Products, aseptic purees, easy to use, convenient to store with no additives or artificial flavors. It's simply great expression of the raw fruit. They love working with brewers to help us innovate. Check them out, fruitforbrewing.com. Oregon Fruit, they bring fruit to, to life. life. Oh. Um, let's see. So I want to taste more kombucha, but I also want to ask more questions. Let's see. Yeah. So, let, Actually, Scott, let's go to your yeah. the, the email question you had, which was, I believe, about off flavors yeah. in kombucha. Indeed it was. And it, it's really simple. What off flavors have you guys seen form? And how do you think they form? Maybe just one step beyond that is like, how do you know your kombucha is good or bad? Well, that's the thing. It, it's kind of like spoiled milk. You know it's bad. There's not. There's not yeah. really. I mean, it either I mean, tastes good or it doesn't. We don't have any doesn't. instruments to test. Yeah. You know anything 
visually, I mean, you could tell when there's mold on the top of, then it's done. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll still pull it off and taste it anyway, just to see mm-hmm. where it's at. Um, and you dump you dump the rest of the kombucha, or yeah, I'll usually, dump it. yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So that's a visual check. Well, if, yeah. If, if there's mold on the top, I've I've never kept it. And oh, and that mold, when it has formed, it has formed because it's only theories, but we think it's simply because of too many oils in the tea, yeah. too much sugar, yeah, maybe. too much sugar, maybe, or it's just like he said before, the scoby is so temperamental that. It likes what it likes, and if it doesn't like it, it's mm-hmm. just going to go bad and die. So well, You'll know. I, I mean, it, it'll be blue or, or fuzzy mold. There's, I'm, I'm, my scoby right now doesn't, it's not, it's cold outside, so it's, and I'm in the garage, so it's not growing that fast. In fact, it doesn't grow hardly at all. Even on a healthy batch, it's, it's pretty latent, but I'll get bubbles still that show it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. fortifying with, with the, bacteria. And well, and the fact that, I mean, it's just because it's not growing as fast as we have had before doesn't mean that it's not good because mm-hmm. it's not going bad. It's not changing color. It's not molding. It's just healthy as it is. But we do cycle through our scobies pretty frequently. Yeah. So you're saying it is latent. So when I, when I've made them, you know, I kind of, I like buy a, you know, pre- I guess pre-made uh, scoby, and you know it's like a, I guess cheesecake color. It mm. kind of looks that way, but not little, yeah. not as appetizing, I guess. Right. <laughs> and then you know I'll reuse it for a batch or two without trimming it or anything. And then I guess like kind of the oldest one gets a little more like brown, and yeah. then the newest one is kind of more light, almost like flesh colored. But I've seen when either I. Uh, don't put that much uh, scoby in or something like that. It, it's really just a, a pretty fine, thin, almost film mm-hmm. yep. on the top where it's not like yeah. this really obvious beige disc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's more of just like a film. It is, yeah. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of more your guy's technique than the, hey, we're putting this floppy disc. Not, right. Not like the old <laughs> well, floppy disc. But, man, yeah. you I really mean, are an old school programmer. I've done, yeah. I mean, it's both. It, and it really does depend on the weather and, and ventilation. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I, during the fall and the spring, as long as it's not cold or too hot, that scoby is growing healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's you know that's how it how it grows. It's one little layer of film at a time, and then you know as those films get thicker and thicker, they turn into that weird fleshy, squishy, slimy thing. Yeah. So I think of it like a again. My comparison is more appetizing than the scoby, but you know, like a, a nice, like flaky biscuit, mm-hmm. like with all the little layers in there, and yep. you, can, like, you can like pull them apart almost. Yeah, those like, are the best. Yeah, muffins. Yeah, that's a really rolls. good analogy. Yeah. It's, it's just like that. Less again, the scoby being less appetizing. Sure, but the kombucha delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. But I've had and I've had scobies, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Well. Who says? But I've had scobies that are kind of falling apart, you know, and it gets a little wispy that still produce good kombucha. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's as important as people are putting on, you know, yeah. into their system. Okay. And just getting back to off layers for a second. So I think we covered like some good visual cues, but what about like aromatics? What are you supposed to smell and what have you smelled where it kind of indicated I'm, I'm not going to go with this? You know... I can't think of any anything that smells weird as well. Vinegar definitely. When it's really strong vinegar, mm-hmm. then you know it's. I think it's going to be. It should be done or 
uh, it might be the time for the SCOBY to, to, to go, go away. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's still it's just a, a flavor thing. It's not a, a, a healthy thing. You know, okay. usually you smell when it's when it's starting to get close to the two weeks. You'll get a slight well, slight vinegar. We have a good sample because we yeah. have one right off the Speed L that we have going right now. Um, it's a green tea, and it's not done fermenting yet. And it's going to be a little sweeter because it's not not quite there. But it, mm. to me, every time I taste that or smell them as they're going along, it just it smells like tea. Yeah, with mm-hmm. you know a slight vinegar hint, right. but it just smells like tea. Is this what I have in my glass? The the same one? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay, so this is perfect yep. because now I want to see if I can sum up quickly the, the off-flavor thing. Am I Because, you know, we do sour beer, obviously, on the show, and there are a lot of subtleties of off-flavor. Like, there's a lot of notches in between undrinkable vinegar nail polish and, mm-hmm. you know, refined sour beer. It doesn't have to be like, oh, no, you know, it's just bad. Yeah. No, no, it can be like, well, it was drinkable, but then not THP on the back end. Or like, yeah, it's pretty good, but there's a little acetone. There's a lot of subtlety. Am I hearing you right in that there isn't a whole lot of in-between? No. Like, it either is just kind of drinkable or you know it's bad. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If you, you know that it's a rotten smell, it's not going to have a good taste. Okay. So... So for this one, the, the 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 one you guys were just talking about, where it's you're right that it's sweeter. You you can tell that it, it's not you know all the sugars aren't quite done being eaten yet. Uh, and I do smell tea. However, and I wonder if you guys get this same thing. This smells uh, tastes less so, but certainly smells very distinctively band aid. And uh, it's the first one of the batch that I don't enjoy. And it's because it t- it smells very distinctly like band aid. It tastes. Much more tea but there's still a little bit of the Band-Aid there. And maybe part of that is just because it's not done yet. And, you know, there's not a little, you know, a little fizziness there to sort of take it away. The, the sugars are still there. So maybe it'll clean up just, you know, as it finishes out. And but uh, are you picking that up? And if so, do you consider that an off flavor? Yes. However, I think it's simply because it's a green tea. And green teas are very, um, they're also a temperamental tea because if you heat them too much, they get really bitter, really bitter and dry. So a lot of people are sensitive to the flavors of green tea. And that might just be a, you know, a scent profile that green tea has. Or or Um, this particular green tea. I love green tea and I think the more bitter, the better. That's just me personally. So for me, I, I do get what you're smelling, but to me, it's a flavor that I'm looking for. Maybe not Band-Aids, but... It's a fresh <laughs> It's Band-Aid. just what I know of from, from green tea. They're a little bit more on the, you know, the really kind of earthy side of tea, where black teas are going to be a little bit more on the sweeter side, and then white teas are super clean. Yep. But green teas are definitely more on that, you know, Grass. grassy. Yeah. You get kind of those notes of... Like Band-Aid. What's your hot take, Jay? It's not not so hot, but it sounds like, you know, hearing that green tea is earthy and black tea is sweeter and white tea is cleaner. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I've, there's a pretty easy analogy there into brewing yeast. White tea is lager yeast, clean. Mm. Black tea is ale yeast, mm-hmm. fruity, yep. sweet. And green tea is maybe more like the pretendomyces, where, you know, one person's Band-Aid is someone else's bitter earthiness that they enjoy, but maybe you don't. That's just, they seem 
quite similar, actually. Do you get what I what I was picking up on in this, or do you not have this in your glass yet? I did. I, yeah, I, oh. I, I had some of it. I, it was more like like a kind of just regular green tea bitterness yeah. to me, mm. more than the the band aid. Interesting. But you know, I think that's all, not for everyone. Like like you're saying, yeah. Shelby. One thing, as I know, and that, I think that's that's great that we got into the off flavors. I think a lot of our listeners will want to know about that, the different types of teas. I think that was a good discussion as well. One thing that I've read some different things about when it comes to kombucha, and it, you know, maybe some people think it makes a difference, some people maybe not, and I'd be curious to see what your guys' method is. But I know brewers will probably hear, like, okay, tea is one ingredient, so I'm going to try all sorts of different teas. But then sugar is another ingredient that we haven't gotten too much into. Mm-hmm. What type of sugar maybe is the most common to use? What do you guys use? And then maybe what are some of the different options for people when they're brewing kombucha? We, we started using organic cane sugar, and then I, I tried doing a couple batches with just regular cheap white sugar. Well, and it's still cane sugar, but it's not the organic. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally fine. And it works just the same. Yeah. Okay. Not, not that not important. I mean... I think there's just the, with the tea. There's other prominent flavors that that take over that don't let that sugar come through. And honestly, I think it's um, what's more important is finding that right balance between how much sugar to use in your batches. I think that's more important than the mm-hmm. type of sugar you're using. Like I said, we use we just go to Safeway and buy the big what is that eight ten pound bag of cane sugar. Yeah, and it's been working just fine Great. Since, since we switched over so and one thing that's come up a few times <laughs> is temperature and so i want to ask about that but actually on two different levels one thing we talked about when we talked about the green tea is having the teas at different temperatures so when you actually brew the tea and i think i already know the answer to this but i don't know the like actual i think the answer is yes but i don't know the numbers or anything like do you have them at different temperatures depending on the different type of tea or is there a single temperature for them all or uh, i usually anywhere from 190 to 200 degrees and i'll let it sit there around that for 5 10 minutes or 7 mm-hmm. minutes or around there i try to keep it there give or take 3 minutes i I think I've been pretty uh, consistent with that. Yeah, the temp- temperature stays the same. The tea we usually let it steep. Yeah, then ten I'll minutes I'll take the heat or off. less. So gotcha. And then when you go move into the fermentation side of things, what temperature are you looking for it to cool to? What do you like the storage temperature to remain at? And then you've mentioned also ventilation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you get ventilation? Obviously, it's you know it's going to be still at boiling temperatures when we put it into the fermentation vessel because that's when we'll add our sugar so that it kind of dissolves get that dissolved and then you're gonna you're gonna add in more filtered water to help cool it and to keep it you know you don't want it to be super dense mm-hmm. tea so you'll add in your filtered water and then we let it cool down to at least room temperature at least if not even cooler we've been doing it in the garage so the temperature is a little bit hard to control um, but it's usually between 54 and 64 degrees do you have an immersion chiller or do you just let it sit to cool down let it we sit. just let it sit yeah yeah well then you know, the the filtered water that we put in into that the helps. concentrate yeah. and that, that helps yeah. so it yeah. ends up being what an hour 
45 no. minutes? Days. Well, we're, oh. we're doing 30 gallons. Much we longer. usually, oh, oh, okay. yeah. Longer. So that, I mean, for like our five-gallon batches, it'll take, you know, it'll take an hour. Day. No, but no kidding. The, okay. the 30 gallons, we'll let it sit for at least two days before we even put the scope well, in. I've been, I'll do a day. Summertime, it might take two days. Okay. But uh, And then ventilation, we're in the garage every day, mm-hmm. but there isn't, you know, like a window or anything to open up in that kind of... I mean, there's air getting in there. That there's cracks and all that, but I'd I'd rather have a, a fan, you know, sucking and blowing air in there. But you don't I have that currently. I don't. We don't. No. Okay. But we're in the garage all day. Yeah, we every day. I so the it. doors open. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't seem like oxygen is really a factor here at all. Is that fair to say? I don't, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I think they want more. Yeah. More, more yeah. air. The yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. The more the better. Definitely. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds. Like, I mean, the SCOBY, I think, and the culture have plenty of what they need to do the fermentation. It's not as vigorous as a fermentation as like a Saccharomyces needs. It's not taking on that much of a carbohydrate load like a beer would. You know, it's a, I, I don't know the exact amount. I did have this in my notes about what Play-Doh the tea was. So I was thinking like Play-Doh and pH of our, I mean, because I, you know, I did it at the brewery, so I have all the stuff. So <laughs> just do it anyway. But I, maybe it's like, Three Play-Doh or something like that, where, you know, typical beer is that 12, is 13, something like that. Did you yeah. leave your notes sitting next to some unattended carboy somewhere? <laughs> no. <laughs> now I've got my notes are safe and sound oh, on my computer, okay, good. but the kombucha is, has been there for a while. So maybe I'll ask you guys. So I've had, and this will transition to me and asking about vessels, but I did a couple of, like, two-gallon batches, and then I just went humongous. So I, like, filled an oak barrel. Oh, wow. You did? Yeah. You went No kidding. Big. Wow. So, you know, like 50 gallons of okay. kombucha. But then I realized, like, I don't love this vessel for the kombucha because mold can grow on the exposed parts of the oak. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a totally full. I did a, a heads up oak barrel and it, you know, filled 95%. And then the scoby is like, you know, the size of a garbage can yeah. lid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but then the, the, the exposed oak on top started to to grow mold and so i was like okay maybe i've heard of people doing kombucha and oak but i don't love this because it's a porous damp Mm -hmm. environment and i just feel like it's bad you just kind of shine a light in there and you saw mold i just took the top off and it was just yeah oh it's just like around the edge um the kombucha tasted fine are you sure it's mold or maybe it's like uh like a scoby concentrate or something because I've gotten some of that. Around you ha- the room. Are you doing it open air or is there a lid on it? It is it was open air until like I would like need to move it around or sure. something like that. Okay. So I have like a not exactly like a towel, but yeah, like a more like a cheesecloth yeah. kind of yeah. top to it. I've, mm. I've seen enough barrel mold in our in sour beer making that I was like, no, this I don't know, this is not good. Well, and there's oils and wood too, right? So so then I switched over to stainless. So mm. I now have a like 25 mm. gallon stainless tank, but I just let that Man, go for too long. I want to try some of that. <laughs> yeah. Barrel. It's still there, so, yeah. How long has it been there? A year. Oh. Oof. Oh. Yeah. Where, where is it? It's sitting in the rear barrel somewhere? In the conference room. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it might just be because <laughs> it's no vinegar. Will it be there when we come down there? I haven't yeah. tried it in a long, long time. That's kind of my problem is, like, I got excited for it yeah. and then got <laughs> too busy and let it go. Yeah. Kind of like but this I, show. <laughs> that's just like your opinion man 
But yeah, I think I just I, I'm glad I went to the stainless, but now I need to like clear out the batch I have in there in the in the barrel. And and uh, the hey. barrel's done. Barrel's so done. how long did it take for did you spot some of that what you were calling mold in there? Five or six days. Mm. Oh, after you put it in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you feel like you get the got the sugar ratio? I. I feel like the, the bigger, like I've gotten into 30 mm-hmm. gallons and I had to cut back my sugar a little bit. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, ratio wise. I think the sugar was okay. Unless yeah. I, I, since I had to kind of go like a little more concentrated and then add, mm-hmm. add a bunch of filtered water as I go, that kind of mixes it up really well. Yeah. And then I could take a sample from the top and then I had a stainless sample port on the middle part yeah. and then, you know, sugar measuring equipment around. So that's like... It was, it was good. But anyway, I, really the problem was I left it too long. And I think what I've gathered is, like, I need to definitely move on from that, which I'm okay with. But one thing that I have learned that I am encouraged by is, like, how maybe the SCOBY is not quite as important part mm-hmm. of the process. Yeah. Yes. Like, definitely. That, that was a big problem for me because I had to, like, remove this giant thing. Yeah. And I was reading about, like, oh, you need to, like, trim it and then, mm-hmm. like, take half of it or a quarter or something and then put it back in and I mean you could cut that thing with a sword just like uh, your opinion man (laughs) (laughs) you can cut that thing up with a knife and then take a little piece and you could yeah yeah. piece it out it's not important in my opinion it's not important to keep the whole thing (laughs) covered yeah they're still loaded up (laughs) well you know that's just like uh, your opinion man (laughs) I don't think it's important to keep it covered. You know, I, I think sure. It's I think what's most important is you're fortifying the juice with bacteria. In you, mm-hmm. you know, as long as there's what Dwayne calls baby scobies in there. Yeah, or scoby yeah. babies, little bits. Yeah. You're good. Cool. I'm gonna get back after it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, we're probably up yeah. for a break. Yes, we is. All right, one more segment. You guys want to hang on for that? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. We got a couple more. Awesome. I want to thank the Wine and Hop Shop, wineandhop.com. It's where to get your scobies and kombucha stuff. Indeed. And oh, I get used to be used. Most items are going to ship within 24 hours. And best of all, BN listeners in the continental U.S. get a flat eight dollars shipping rate on orders under 25 pounds. Just enter. So that's like. Everything you'll need, just go buy the sugar locally, and boom, you'll be making kombucha. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart, and the discount will be taken off after checkout. The Wine and Hop Shop, wineandhop.com. I want to go to a break, but just in maybe a, a word or two, what vessel do you guys ferment in? Uh, now we're two different ceramic kitchen, like a five-gallon ceramic kitchen. Pot, uh, pot. Yeah. yeah, two of those, and yeah, then crock. Not a crock pot, right? No, open at the top, and and then uh, the Schmiedel, which is thirty gallon plastic. All right, well, let's get into more stuff, more kombucha, and probably got some more questions. Definitely. Right after a brief break, we'll be right back on the Sour Rapper. Hi, this is Ryan Whedon, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, 
plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com. This is Corey King from Side Project Brewing. You're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. If you want to drink some real sour beer, skip a rare barrel and come on over here, guys. That's my favorite. That's my Mine favorite too, one. Scott. <laughs> you don't know what we're talking about? Just rewind a little bit in your podcast and listen to the liners that we come in and out of break to. So Good. our friend Cora King from Side Project sings such nice things. <laughs> Is that, what's this rejoiner? Have you heard this before? We have. Yep, this is More Chiba. One of my go-tos on this show. More Chiba. Really? Yep. This is one of your go-tos. Well, More Chiba is. This, one's, oh, uh, this, uh, this one is a more recent edition, but I've played it before. Okay, I like yeah, it. It's a good one. I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, More Chiba is awesome, sort of like um, like down-tempo stoner, female lead singer, uh, you know, like a acid jazz. I don't really know what you call it, but man, do I love it on a Saturday morning. Great. Let me also give. Uh, I'm going to try and get through. The, I don't know why you guys are laughing. You, you, we come hang out with me on a Saturday morning, and then we'll see who's laughing. Or a Wednesday evening. <laughs> so let me give a quick shout out here. Uh, I'm going to try oh, and yeah. get through. Uh, we got more beers and, and lots more kombucha, of course. Even though this is the final segment, unfortunately, we got Ed Coffee's beer from uh, Ed. Ed sent in some beer from Kelly Green Brewing Company, and this is professional beer out of uh, Pittman, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The Kelly mm-hmm. Green Brewing Company, uh, small batch. This is called an Ocean between the staves. A rotating blend of saisons fermented and aged in oak barrels with our house mixed culture to make up our beer de coupage. Nice. This beer is fabulous. God, it's so good. Yeah, great job, Man. Ed. Ed, thanks for sending these in. This is just really just fantastic beer. Wow. To be honest, the name makes me feel like it comes from a leaky barrel. Because <laughs> I just think about like if there's an ocean between the staves, yeah, yeah, totally. there's just beer flowing out of it. You like can crazy, land a jumbo jet between the staves. But it's a beautiful label and, and a great beer. Yeah, man. I just can't get over it. Everything's just so goddamn good. Or spoiled. We really are. Yep. Yeah. Keep them coming, guys. Thank, and thank you so much. Yes. All right. Back to kombucha. We have two black tea. They're both black tea, right? Mm-hmm. Kombuchas yep. in front of us. And one is the black tea stout. And then one is the black tea blended with the... Black tea sarsaparilla. Did I get that yeah, all right? Yeah, so it's the black tea stout mixed with black tea sarsaparilla. Okay. Gotcha. And yeah. I did put, there's molasses in the, the black tea stout. That's right. So walk us through, we're doing the side-by-side right now. I don't know how many times you guys have done this side-by-side. What do you think about how they are right now? And what do you think about the results overall? Well, we were talking a little bit over break. We're tasting one that's coming from the bottle. Versus off of our keg. Mm-hmm. And I think it tastes a little bit better because we went straight from the Spiedel on to, or into the keg and then in the cooler. Mm-hmm. And I think it needed to sit out for a little bit yep. longer. Which one is that? The stout. Okay. The blended. Well, the blended came off of the keg. That's right. Yeah. The stout and came so from so a bottle. Just, okay. Saying gotcha. the, the stout by itself tastes a little bit better because it has been sitting in a bottle at room temperature. Gotcha. It got to ferment just a little bit longer in that bottle, and I think the flavor is a little bit better versus off of 
So this is the first time we've ever done a dark, I guess, per se, yeah, holiday kombucha. But Dwayne was saying a little bit before that he wants to add these into, so you know, the malts yeah. and maybe the molasses after the tea is already done. After, yeah, do a black tea, ferment it, and then add add that and let it sit mm-hmm. for a couple of days, the, the grains. Yeah, that's really cool. It's it's interesting to see you, you know, in, incorporate the, the beer ingredients into these kombuchas. And, you know, maybe if um, I was just listening and not getting to, you know, immediately drink these, I would think, oh, you know, I wonder, I, I, I've had kombucha before and I've had beer. I'm, I'm not sure how well maybe those would integrate, but I, I don't know. From my perspective, I have to say, I think they integrate really well. Absolutely. Yep. I think they would. Yeah. I mean, and they already have, so that's... That's well done. I've, I've already finished mine. Can I, can I have more? Can I have more? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we both of us work in the in the cocktail beer world, and this is it, we're influenced by it, and we talk to people about beer every day. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, hops. I didn't like IPAs until last year, but these hazy IPAs got me crazy. <laughs> so, I, and I started. I tried to make a couple of hazy hopped kombuchas. Wow, Shelby, okay. and I, and a couple of them turned out really good. It's fun to, to try to do that. And I, and I think this is all... I'm not doing it for a reason other than selfish. You know, I, I like the flavor of it, and we're drinking it at home. Mm-hmm. But now that we're starting to figure out the process on uh, getting our license for it... Well, and all the you know the, the positive feedback that we get yes, from so many exactly. people that we're sharing it with and, you know, bringing it to friends and bringing it to work and sharing it with regulars. And, you know, it makes us, makes us feel good about something that we really enjoy, and we want to share that with people have you done side-by-sides with some of the old commercial stuff you guys used to buy yeah and how does the how does this compare more acidic less acidic etc um definitely less sweet it is that's the biggest thing Hmm. is it is 100 percent less sweet than the stuff you buy at the store so you think that's just because the commercial stuff is meant to appeal to the twinkie consuming public Mm -hmm. and the sweet stuff kind of gets them hooked or whatever you slap the name kombucha on it and people are going to go crazy interesting and it's got to taste good and so So. and the old the stuff you guys drank when you had your 30 dollar a day habit which is that's i can't it's just crazy it's crazy Um, so was it that stuff was you know sweet Mm -hmm. okay but we didn't know the difference at that point so once it's we started making good. our stuff, it's still fantastic, but it's just a bit. Sweet. It is good, yes, yeah. but it's much sweeter. It's you know, people people love sugar, and yeah. if it if it's in a drink and it's a health drink, they aren't even going to think twice about that. Because I mean, even the stuff that you buy at the store, I'm not going to say that it's overly sugary. There's only maybe what four grams of sugar in a bottle of kombucha, but for Dwayne and I, we're people that we don't like that sugar side. We want it to be more clean, and yeah. you know. Not, we rather would have that raw tea flavor versus mm-hmm. a super sugary, you know, bubbly beverage. So that's the main difference that we saw. There, you know, we've had a few batches that are super vinegary, but I think that was more at the start when our scoby wasn't super mature yet. And usually at the store, you aren't going to get one that's vinegary. At least I haven't. It's just like a little bit of that yeah. acidity, but. Mostly, it just tastes sweet, especially up against the stuff you guys are making. Right. Yeah. Deliberately drier and yep. not as sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still plenty of you know sweet. Yeah, uh, perception of sweetness. Yeah, but you know, not a lot of sour beer. Same thing. I mean, it'll ferment to zero mm-hmm. sugar, and it's like a fruited sour, yeah. and with the acidity as well. And you're like, whoa, yeah, this is really fruity, and it's like you wouldn't know that there's 
basically no sugar. Yeah, it, tr- it. it tricks your palate into perceiving mm-hmm. sweet because it's like, oh, strawberries, it must be strawberry compote, so yeah. therefore it's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a pattern there with, maybe it's like connoisseurs or something, maybe that's an overstatement, oh. but like connoisseur palates prefer the drier, less sweet mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I hear that from, you know, experienced drinkers, they want the dry cider, you know, they don't want the sweet cider, you know, sure. and there's, right. a, there's a, a pattern there, like the, the more sort of refined or whatever you get with a particular beverage, the more it seems like you prefer it not to be sweet, just to make a sweeping generalization. Yeah. And I, other than pastry chefs, I don't know who there's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a connoisseur that likes something sweeter. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All right. I think we're running out of time a little bit, but a couple last things I want to get to for sure before we end. Uh, you know, other than these two podcast episodes, what are some other resources for kombucha brewers out there who are either just starting or maybe more at your guys' level where it's kind of more advanced? I mean, I've done tons of talking to friends about it. When I very first started, it was just YouTube videos to get the basics and measurements correctly Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Was there something you saw when you were doing your initial research that was like, it turned out to just be completely bogus advice? Because I'm sure there's a million videos. How do you know what to look for? I mean... Nothing's really bogus. It's just which person giving the video is not annoying and which one is pretty, like, straightforward and clear. There were, there I mean, were some things that, that were I've, people put too much emphasis on. Yeah, and this is something that you just kind of got to dive in and, yeah. you know, get your hands dirty and experiment and yeah. see what works for you. You know, there's not really a right and wrong. You know, there's certain things like temperatures that you well, want to. Of course, right. but I'm just saying in, yeah. in general. You're right. When you you're can. That's, that's making it. You know, definitely. experiment with teas like we did, and you know, if it tastes good, it tastes good. If right. it doesn't, it doesn't. And just you know, you'll find your ratios because everybody has their own, you know, I guess recipe that from those videos that we watched. Everybody has their own recipe, and mm-hmm. they've nailed it down for a certain size. And right. If they're making it for themselves and it works for them, that's. And it really is easy. I mean, it, you're you're just you're making you're just making tea, sweet tea, mm-hmm. and you can, like I said, go to the store, buy some no flavor kombucha, pour it in, cover pour it, it in and, and let it go. Right. And, I mean, anybody can do this, and that's the fun part of it is that it's it is easy, and even on a larger scale, it's it's still just brewing tea. Mm-hmm. So one one question I like to ask uh, when we have our our sour beer makers on is their biggest mistake in sour beer making, but I'll, you know, call all my interviewing skills here to convert it over to kombucha. What do, you guys, what do you guys think the biggest mistake in kombucha making is? The biggest mistake. Where can people go wrong? I, I think it's the just the fear of, or, or not the fear, but the feeling unprepared with your SCOBY. You know, it's I got this small SCOBY. Don't worry about that. Even if you have to go, I've been to the store so many times and bought bottles of original no flavor kombucha and poured it into my batch. I mean, I haven't done it recently, but I did that the first year and a half. I mean, I, I think that was my biggest fear was making sure and, and talking to other people about it too, making sure, well, I got to make sure my scoby's right before I can even start, you know? So don't sweat it. I mean, even if you don't have a scoby, just brew your tea. Pour the uh, store-bought kombucha in there, really, and go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. do you think the the biggest mistake you personally made was just you waited too long to start? Not, I guess, not me personally, but just 
talking to everybody. I mean, I had that fear too. Of, oh, I, I, I can't, I can't start yet. We have to make sure our, our SCOBY is correct. I think everybody's know? just afraid of the SCOBY. Yeah, and people are afraid <laughs> it's of something it. Else. It is weird. I mean, it's different. It's something that we, I mean, we don't know anything about. I mean, you know, when you open an egg, you know that it's, it's when it's bad. We, you know, we've we've talked about it, with, you know, multiple times. But every, every batch is going to be different, even. Mm-hmm. You could do Even it. when you use the same resources, yeah. it's every batch will be a little bit different, and yeah. the SCOBY will react a little bit different each time. So Does it's sound just, familiar, Jay? You yeah. know, yeah, get in there and get your hands dirty and just, yeah. you know. I mean, obviously, like we said, I feel like the most important part is the temperature, because if it's too hot, the SCOBY's going to die. And you'll find your, your right ratios. Like, if you add too much sugar, you add too much sugar. It's not going to make it a bad batch. Yeah. You'll mm-hmm. just know at the end that this is a little too sweet, Let's, you know, lessen it next time. So, you know, keep notes, keep a journal, um, find the right teas that work for you, what you like, and have fun with it. What do you think would happen, Jay, if if you pitched brewer's yeast into a tea? Like you did the kombucha process, but instead of the SCOBY, you pitched like 001. I think it would ferment immediately. Yeah? In less than a day and and that's it. And then, I don't know, I mean, someone has to try the only thing that would taste good. No, not really. <laughs> Maybe like but you, you don't get the wonderful like acid productions of all like the many different acids and the fermentation compounds that come from the scopy, just like sour beer. I think for Saccharomyces, you would need that longer fermentation to produce all of it and then clean all the off flavors up as well. But um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of people who make um, sparkling cider mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Saccharomyces, they add a little bit of sugar, probably a little tiny bit less than you add to a kombucha, but not by a lot, just to make it sparkling. And then they put, you know, champagne yeast in there, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what it's like a little bit, but maybe not so much. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I think it tastes pretty good. All right. <laughs> Oh, no. Gotta watch out for the uh, the rival Scott uh, Kombucha Company with no flavor That's acidity right. or Bo- Booty Hooch Kombucha <laughs> Company. It'll be Booty Dude. Bo- booty Dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my kombucha, man. <laughs> and, and you guys kind of made a little reference to this when you're talking about uh, a license, but so that implies that you're thinking about kind of turning the hobby into a profession. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could just tease that out a little bit. Yeah, we're in the process of getting a business license, getting on board with the health department and get everything squared away. And we're in high hopes to be in the uh, farmer's market here in Toto Santos and Concord next awesome. summer. Nice. Um, well, probably sooner. I've, I've been talking to the organizer of the Concord farmer's market, and she informed me that they take care of the license for you there. We just have to find uh, a, a kitchen to rent. Oh, yeah, commercial um, yeah. kitchen space. Yeah. Yep. Because do that. what we're doing is it doesn't fall under cottage foods. Apparently, it's not a dry food. But mm-hmm. I'm curious if, you know, anybody else has, has, has dealt with this, um, you know, where they, they can uh, ferment it at their own kombucha at home uh, there and then sell it also, you know, with a legal license. Otherwise, we'll rent a kitchen and, and do it that way. Sure. So it's hard to find a kitchen, too. Uh, so, yeah. But Nikki, uh, she's in charge of the... 
farmer's market, all the organizing, and uh, she said that she knows a couple people to get in touch with to find a kitchen. Uh, so once we have have that certificate saying that we th- this is the kitchen that we use, uh, then the health department uh, will clear us, and then we can get a license from uh, a local license to uh, make and sell. So if you had your druthers, would you envision this being a, like you distribute kegs to places that pour it on tap mm-hmm. or bottles that are on shelves? Both. Both. Yeah, both. I mean, bottles would be a little bit harder just because we'd have to get it to a point where it could go straight to a fridge. Yeah. So we'd have to be really careful about our timing of our bottles and keep a good log. But I, I think we could could do both. And, you know, yeah. even like, you know, even here at the Hop Grenade, we have that back room that stuff could sit back there. And we just got to make sure to keep a nice log and everything's good. But... I think the kegs would be the biggest seller because they're easier. And if you have a tap handle, it's easy to hook it up and pour it. So. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if you could even do growlers of that versus beer. I always wondered with kombucha, and I don't know that much about going pro with it, but I know there are breweries that have made kombucha kind of contract for um, smaller kombucha companies and... Um, Actually, just knowing only that, I kind of always assumed that kombucha fell under the brewing license because you were making a very small amount of alcohol, but mm-hmm. some alcohol. But the yeah, I don't know how it works with the commercial kitchen versus like where yeah. you're yeah. supposed to make right. it. So ours never goes over five percent or point five percent. That is something that you know we'll have to make sure that it never does, and and I think that's easy to control. If it does go over, then is that what changes it to? Yes. You have to make that at, a, at like a brewery or something like that. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I think it's just simply the it license has to that be you have disclosed, to and the license will be a little bit yeah iffy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It'll be so. an gotcha. alcohol type license. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. And still, still booty butch. Yes. Great. So yeah. follow you guys. You're on Instagram. Yeah. You're on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Cool. At booty butch. At booty butch. Double O double O. Double O double O. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dwayne Shelby, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. This has been awesome. I'm I'm full, but not drunk. I yeah, <laughs> I know, right? First Although, time ever. I'm kind of grinding my teeth a little bit. Yeah, I think I is. may be spun out on the caffeine. <laughs> you feel like Dwayne, huh? Yep. 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 I like butts. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Did we get to? Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you guys so Thanks much for having us. Is that everything, Scott? Oh, I like big foot. Just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. We can, we can roll out to that if you want. <laughs> well, we totally can. Uh, let me uh, quickly, before we do, though, I want to um, make sure that, uh, let's see, what do I have? Luke from Streetside, who was on the session a little while back. I have Luke Spear here as well. I have uh, Dave Lashinsky from Greenland, New Hampshire. I have his blended quad here. I'm going to save those. All right. They're not yeah. open yet. Uh, if you did not hear your beer mentioned on the show, believe me, I still have it. We just I tried to get to as many of them as we could tonight. Yep. Dwayne and Shelby brought in 175 kombucha, so it was, it was hard. Uh, but uh, but don't worry. I got them, and uh, Jay and I are going to have them. Oh, and yeah. there's a whole bunch of uh, the homebrews that I still have, even if it's been six months or more. Believe me, I have them. Uh, and Jay and I were talking off the air. We're going to do a little uh, flight. I'm going to go mm-hmm. down to a Rare Barrel one of these uh, afternoons, and we're going to do a little flight, do a little taste testing, and uh, we'll... Uh, See uh, maybe if some of you can join the Bad Beer Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Dwayne and Shelby, so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Scott is the shit eating grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Man. Thanks to all the sponsors for sponsoring the show, the listeners for listening to the show. And until next time. <laughs> <laughs>
Real estate's tight in the Bay Area, so you can't have a dungeon and a cellar. 